section ninety seven of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter twenty six what greater grief may come to any life than after sweet to taste the bitter sour or after peace to fall at war and strife or after mirth to have a cause to lower upon such props false fortune builds her tower on sudden change her flitting frames be set where is no way for to escape her net thomas churchyard delmore's whole mind was a chaos of conflicting passions that he loved was undoubted but his love was compounded of many ingredients pride vanity ambition self-interest and now all these were up in arms to oppose each pure or more generous sentiment that might have found place in his heart in this state of excitation he saw mrs st clair who was yet ignorant of what had passed in her absence but delmore's disordered looks and wild incoherent expressions soon proclaimed that all was disclosed to deny or prevaricate she felt would be in vain the terrors of guilt and of shame were upon her infamy and ruin had overtaken her there was nothing left to suspicion or conjecture the evidence was infallible it was her own still while her very soul sunk beneath the weight of her crime her proud spirit refused to humble itself before the man she hated and her only reply to his reproaches and invectives was that he would now have an opportunity of proving the sincerity and the disinterestedness of his attachment more than ever exasperated delmore hastened from her to shut himself up in his own apartment distracted at the thoughts of the evil which had come upon him his soul was tossed in a whirlwind of contending passions to resign gertrude his own beautiful his betrothed gertrude there was despair in the thought but to marry the descendant of the huntsman the daughter of lewiston it was madness to dream of such degradation innocent as she was in herself there was a stigma affixed to her name which never could be effaced a changeling the child of wretchedness and imposture no he never could dishonour himself and his family by such an alliance then the image of gertrude rich in native loveliness the tender confiding noble-minded gertrude rose to view as if to mock the littleness of that pride that would have spurned her delmore passed a sleepless night and the morning found him resolved to renounce gertrude for ever but how to do it was the difficulty to see her again was impossible he attempted to write to her but could not he felt that he was about to pierce a heart which beat but for him and his hand shrunk from the barbarous task but something must be done it was impossible that lewiston and he could remain under one roof he shuddered at the thoughts of meeting him meeting him as the father of gertrude the man who but for her disclosure might even now have been his father-in-law yet to order him from the house would be to turn gertrude also from the home which but yesterday she had held as her own and that was too cruel even for delmore's selfish heart the result of his deliberations was that he would leave things as they were and repair to london to consult with his brother upon what ought to be done and having formed this resolution he wrote as follows to gertrude dearest adored gertrude i will not attempt to paint to you what i have suffered since that sad disclosure took place 
would to heaven it were in my power to raise you to that height from which you have fallen or rather from which you have so nobly cast yourself but alas my beloved by uniting your fate with mine i should only involve you in deeper ruin i have neither wealth nor power to bear you through this overwhelming tide of misfortune and yet to lose you voluntarily to renounce one a thousand times dearer to me than my own existence no gertrude i cannot i will not resign you mine you are in soul and in love are you not gertrude you never can love another and what other ever could love you as i have done my brain is on fire i scarcely know what i write but you will understand me dearest most beloved it is better that we should not meet i will depart but you shall remain here as mistress for the present i will see my brother but until then let nothing more be said on this heart-rending disclosure farewell dearest pity your distress but adoring f h d meanwhile gertrude had remained in a state of morbid woe infinitely more alarming than the wildest ebullitions of grief she neither spoke nor wept but remained silent and passive her glassy eyes fixed on vacancy and her ear unconscious of every sound when delmore's note was brought to her she closed her eyes and turned away her head from it while she thought it is all over he has cast me from him it is from colonel delmore my lady said masham soothingly who concluded there was a lover's quarrel in the case he is most particularly anxious to hear how your ladyship is this morning still her lady remained motionless the colonel looks so ill my lady i am sure it will break his heart entirely if your ladyship does not take his letter a deep sigh burst from gertrude's heart but masham hailed it as a happy omen and went on dear my lady if you did but see the colonel i don't think you'd have known him his face my lady is as white as your handkerchief and his beautiful eyes my lady quite red for all the world as he had been crying indeed my lady i could scarce keep from crying to look at him and upon the faith of this pathetic appeal masham made an another attempt to prevail upon her mistress to take this letter but again gertrude rejected it dear my lady what shall i do i could no more tell the colonel that you would not look at his letter than i could put a knife into his heart my lady just the same thing oh my lady smith says he hasn't been in bed all night but has been walking up and down his room tearing his hair my lady and taking on so that he says he's sure he'll lose his senses unless something is done my lady and masham ended with a sob for delmore's gaiety his good looks and his liberality had completely won masham's favour i'm sure my lady he'll either kill himself or somebody else if your ladyship refuses him for but at the horrid idea of delmore and her father engaged in mortal strife gertrude shuddered then taking the letter she tore it open and as she read it tears again found their way to her eyes rash unjust misjudging that i am thought she he does not he will not renounce me involve me in deeper ruin by uniting my fate with his ah no no tis i who would involve him in ruin yes i am his in soul and in love and the hard unnatural tension of mind under which he had laboured gradually melted into softer feelings but he loves me why why then does he leave me and again her doubts and her fears returned but then there was so much delicacy in wishing to have the discovery of her disgrace kept secret until he could have made arrangements for her she had no doubt to soften the blow as much as possible that again her sanguine spirit exulted in the truth and honour of her lover had she followed the dictates of her own feelings she would instantly have declared herself to her whole household but delmore had besought her not and painful as it was she thought for his sake she would submit for a while to carry on the deception but she would not appear she would not see the light she would pass the time in darkness and in solitude 
and her soul sickened at the very idea of ever again beholding mrs st clair and lewiston that lady and she had not met since the disclosure had been made she had then hastened to her own apartment and there under the influence of guilt shame and passion had swallowed the remainder of the laudanum contained in the phial which although not sufficient to make her sleep the sleep of death had the effect of throwing her into a convulsive stupor from which she could not be roused dr bruce had taken leave after prescribing for gertrude whose disorder he soon discovered was altogether of a mental nature and as such beyond his skill lewiston had therefore been left to carouse by himself and to be his own master of the revels he was a man of much too coarse a mind to conceive the delicacy of such a character as gertrude's and had always laughed at the idea of her being such a fool as to betray her own secret he therefore remained quite unconscious of the storm which was ready to burst upon him being always on the watch to spy everything that was going on he soon came to the knowledge of colonel delmore's intended departure which he heard of with great exultation and thought the field was now his own his vulgar curiosity therefore led him as usual into the midst of the preparations and he lounged about the carriage while it was packing questioned the servants examined and patted the horses and waited till delmore appeared when he briskly accosted him with so you're for the road sir fine morning my lady's four bays will carry you at a famous rate you only have them as far as barnford i guess i had some thoughts of taking them out myself to-day to give the ladies a ride but you're welcome to them sir quite welcome the greys will do for us delmore with difficulty refrained from spurning him but he repressed his rage and as he passed said in a low voice beware how you abused the indulgence shown you in the name of the earl of rossville for the sake of one he could not finish but throwing himself into the carriage drove off there was something so stern and commanding in his eye and voice and yet so melancholy and subdued in his manner that lewiston felt alarmed the earl of rossville who the deuce is he was his exclamation as he turned quickly round and entered the house could anybody have blabbed not mrs st clair not gertrude for it was the interest of both to conceal it no the thing was impossible but he must see them and he immediately sent a message to mrs st clair demanding an interview but it was answered by her maid in great agitation to report that her lady had with the utmost difficulty been roused from her stupor and that she was not herself her mind was wandering the doctor must be sent for come come i'm for none of your doctors cried lewiston a confounded prying useless swindling pack why what did that pompous fellow do for my lady countess yesterday felt her pulse and gave her a glass of water eh and for that he pockets his five guineas the deuce why a man would be ruined in this country if he were to give way to women's nonsensical vagaries come i'm something of a doctor myself i'll go and see your lady come along and drawing mrs leasel's arm within his he marched along and in spite of her remonstrances made his way to mrs st clair but she was as her mate had represented her in no condition to answer questions or receive company there was a total aberration of intellect and even lewiston's presence made no impression on her he was so far relieved to find she was not in the way of endangering the secret as she merely muttered to herself a few unintelligible words about her daughter then repeated the word daughter to herself many times over without ceasing she'll come to herself by and by if you'll let her alone said lewiston as he left her with the resolution of next seeing his daughter End of section ninety seven